I want to introduce our speakers to you today. Derry Northrup is the pastor of Timberline Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. I don't know very many pastors who've done this, but he has been there for 24 years. I mean, even that just doesn't happen very often. And, and um, he has taken the church from, uh, if I have this right, from 150 in attendance to over 8,000 weekly. Uh, it's just incredible. It's just like a city of people uh, gathering together. And it's just amazing what the Lord has done there. I've been there to see it. Now, he probably wouldn't appreciate me saying this, and he might say different, but it's, I'm, I'm, it's true and right. He's just humble. He's one of the most influential leaders in this movement that we call the Assemblies of God. As a matter of fact, he's invited to many of the states to speak to pastors at conventions and councils. And he's done an incredible job helping focus the heart of our fellowship. He, he is one of the voices that is speaking and being heard out there. And, uh, and is appreciated nationally. He has volunteered over the last few years to coach me. So uh, through the year, different months, we'll talk on the phone and he has helped me. He helped me as we were going through this building project. He helped me as uh, I was fa facing stress and strain as a pastor. And Derry, I just personally want to say thank you, buddy. I don't know if you know it, but this guy helped hold your pastor together uh, through the last few years. He's interjected great wisdom and he's given great counsel to this fellowship. And we appreciate him, he's a friend. A few years ago, I, I, I can't remember, it was five or seven years ago, Derry was here to speak to us and he did a sermon on the prodigal. How many of you remember that sermon about the prodigal? Incredible impact it had on our fellowship. I don't know, Derry, if there's ever been uh, a sermon that anyone spoke that impacted us long-term more than the one you spoke that day. And uh, it had to be a God thing. It just had to be bigger than, uh, than just a good connection that day. And the Lord has really blessed our hearts to, to, to catch his heart more because of that sermon. Well, he and his wife, Bonnie, are here today uh, to talk to us about Project Rescue. And uh, you'll hear from Bonnie's heart. She's got a great heart. What the Lord has done to focus their church, and we want to help. So they're going to be sharing this morning. Would you welcome uh, Derry and Bonnie Northrup as they come? Hi, everybody. Hey, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. Bonnie and I are just thrilled to be able to be at Horizon. And I got to tell you, we, uh, come on up here for a second. We, we were here, oh, was seven or eight years ago when we, when we were here before, and we drove around this land, and it was just this big field. And I'm, uh, last night when we drove around, I was just, I, I think I was more excited than your pastor was, uh, just to see what God has done. And uh, we are thrilled by the vision and the passion that you have for your communities and what God has done here. It's nothing short of miraculous. And so we, we feel like when we had the opportunity to, to come and be with you this week, and this isn't something we do. Matter of fact, I don't know that we've ever gone to a church to speak uh, together like this. So this isn't something like we do or a goal of something, but, but it's because of these two people right here, Stan and Karen. And I know you love them and appreciate them. And uh, going through everything you've gone through, when he said, I helped hold him together, it's not true. He's not together. He, he, how many of you know that? <laughs> I'm kidding. He's an incredible leader. I learned more from him than he'll ever learn from me. And uh, it's just been a blast to be a partner with you uh, in this journey. But you've come a long ways. And I think sometimes for us, even at Timberline, 
you don't look back enough to, to appreciate where you are. And, and that's what I want to take just a moment to say. Take a minute. Take a minute today to say, thank you, God. Because we just go on to the next thing, and we go to the next thing, and, and, and it's important for us to stop and say, lives have been changed. Your sacrifices have made a difference, and your commitments are changing the world. You're a world-changing church. And I'm not just fluffily saying that. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You guys have big vision, and it's pretty incredible. So anyway, we just really thank you for being here. We're really proud of the journey that you're on. And, and just from the, the faith promises, the missions, the way that you're impacting the world, is, uh, it's pretty important. It's kind of fun to be here on this particular day because how many of you know this is like the day of perfection because of the date, 10, 10, 10? How many of you knew that? Okay, a few of you did. A lot of weddings, people try to get their weddings on this day because they want to be a, a 10 at least one time in their life, right? You know, 10, 10, 10. 10. And, I, and I don't know, that just struck me as thinking about that when I was building this message and I put at the top 10, 10, 10, I went, whoa, that's kind of that's interesting that that happened to be on a Sunday and we're in a, and I think God just in a, in a simple way, and I'm not saying this is prophetic at all, but I think he wants you to know you're a 10. He wants you to know that you are people who has his eye and he's got your back and there are things that you have gone through in the valleys and the mountains. And, and so the one thing we want to do today is leave a deposit in you that you can walk out of here and say, God is with us and we can do all things through him who gives us what? Strength. And that's what I'm going to talk about in a minute. But we, Bonnie and I went on quite a journey. And, uh, and uh, the only time I can ever get her on a platform is, is it for this topic. Because for 24 years that we've been at Timberline, um, I, she's not very comfortable up here. And, and she's, you can stop shaking. It's okay. I feel, no, I'm kidding. We, we, we uh, have quite a little story of, of what happened and how she got involved in the anti-sex human trafficking. Sex trafficking is such... Uh, a cruel industry, and, and I, I want Bonnie to share a little bit about um, the journey that, that ended up taking us on and why we're here today to talk to you about this. It's a really tough subject, and so there's not a lot of fun. Th- I'm a fun guy, and I like to laugh, and I like to I enjoy, but there's not a lot of fun things about this topic, so is that okay if we just dive in and, and you just open your heart, and don't be afraid to feel the feelings. You're going to have a lot of emotions today as we show you pictures and tell you stories that impacted us so much, but, but you need to embrace this. Don't just sit back and say, well, that's someone else. It's us. We are making a difference. It's not that we can make a difference. It's that we are, and we're going to tell you how that happens. So anyway, it's fun to have you here with me. Share a little bit with these great people. Well, I just want to echo what Derry has said. It was just a joy yesterday to drive around and see what you guys have done. Um, Your vision is awesome. And it was particularly a joy for me after all these years of hearing Derry talk about you to get to come and meet your wonderful pastors. And so it certainly is a privilege to be here today. Um, Well, four years ago, I just didn't even have an idea about global slavery sex trafficking, labor trafficking, it was totally off of my radar screen. I had known that there were laws all around the world in countries that were anti-slavery laws, but I just was naive enough to assume that those laws were being enforced until I picked up a random magazine, the Smithsonian Magazine, and there was an article in there about global slavery, slavery in the Sahara. And I went home just 
surprised and Googled human trafficking and I honestly couldn't believe what I found. And the stats that came up were horrific, 27 million global slaves, the sex trafficking, human trafficking, um, child soldiers, those types of things. And really for a season, for about three months, um, we, Darian and I've talked about it, I was either reading or crying about what I just read. And all along, there was this, this thing in me that was going, I've got to make a difference. I've got to do something about this. How can you not when, you, when you're aware? And, and yet, those stats were just so huge. It was like a wall before me thinking, I can't do anything. This is just too big. And into that thought, God whispered, don't look at how small you are. Look at how big I am. And it was just that time that David Grant, founder of Project Rescue, walked into our world. India, a beautiful country known over its long history for its trade routes, vast empires, and commercial and cultural wealth. But today, within its commercial climate, an evil trade thrives, the sex industry. In India, more than 2.3 million girls and women are believed to be in that sex industry. Women's rights organizations and NGOs estimate that more than 12,000 and perhaps as many as 50,000 women and children are being trafficked into the country annually from neighboring states for commercial sex exploitation. The United Nations reported that an estimated 40% of the prostitutes were below the age of 18. In the fall of 2007, an idea was birthed and a dream began. Partnering with Project Rescue, we would help build a home of hope in Kolkata, India, providing a place of safety and refuge where rescued victims of sex trafficking could find freedom and new life. For three years, donations have come in, progress and plans have inched along, and miles of red tape in Kolkata have had to be crossed. The year 2009 saw the dedication of the property and the building plans finalized. And spring 2010 brought the moment we've been waiting for. The foundation has been dug, a Bible buried at its base, and construction has begun. We anticipate watching the buildings go up, but more than that, we will await the day that the construction of the buildings will be done and the rebuilding of lives can begin. Thank you, Horizon Community Church, for your prayers, your giving, and for providing a place of peace where shattered lives can find restoration and purpose in Christ, and a little girl can find her childhood once again. Hey Amen. Give God praise for what he's doing. Would you join me in that? It's a huge thing. Uh, we, we love partnering with you. And I just want to say, if you are from India or you've been there, we love India. We love the people of India. And we know that you can find, you know, we sort of said, let's go to India because we're going to find the, the worst of the worst. And that's what we were looking for to make a difference. You could find the worst of the worst in this nation too. Would you agree? So there's no slam on India or other countries. It's the fact that we want to make a difference there because it is a hotbed for uh, sex trafficking. Today, I'm going to take just a few minutes and I want to just talk to you a little bit about my journey and how this has impacted me because I did watch my wife Bonnie go into this 
I, I don't want to say depression in the sense of the wrong sense of that word, but this heavy time in her life where uh, weeping and, and reading, and I would come home from work and she would be at the computer reading or reading a journal or, and just saying, Terry, this is unbelievable. I can't believe this is happening. And, and she would start to tell me a story and I would say, well, I just don't want to hear that. If it's about little girls, I don't want to hear it. We have two girls and we have a son. And and I can't take that emotionally. I just, she said, but dear, this is really has, well, I can't do this. I just can't do it. She'd tell me one story real fast. Like, they took this little girl over and, well, and I'd go into the other room just going, oh, God help me. Because I, I can't emotionally do this. I can't take it. Have you ever heard of the word denial? It is a wonderful thing when you are able to do that. <laughs> I, I, the compartmentalization stuff, I'm like, i got to learn how to do that and uh, put it all over here and don't deal with it and pretend like it's not there. But I, I, I finally broke through. I want to I walk you through three things in your outline just, just quickly and talk about this whole issue. The first thing, I think there's a page of notes there, and there's three little lines that you're going to fill in the blanks, and you can write down whatever God would want you to. But number one is this, um, finding the strength to have hope. Finding the strength to have hope. Because one of the, the, I'm calling this message, All Things Are Possible. Because I wouldn't have believed this could, this could happen. With the red tape and the government and the issues of India that I won't even go into because they're so complex. It's just crazy how land is purchased and what happens in the process you have to go through there. But all things are possible. And finding the strength to have hope was something that I needed personally. All three of these points are for me. And that's, that's where I have to start with you is because I lived this out. Ephesians 3.16, one of my favorite passages. I'm going to just read a few verses here. I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Notice this next part. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. I desperately needed that. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. When I went to India and I saw this, I have to admit, I question God's love for the human race. How could a loving God stand by and seemingly do nothing about this atrocity in our world. How many of you have had that feeling before? It's kind of like, how God, wouldn't you like to be God for a day? I mean, how many of you would just clean up the world real good? You could just, whoa. I, I, I thought about that a lot. And I started realizing the ramifications of the fall of man way back in Genesis. And how that introduced so many evil things in our culture and in our world. And how sometimes God, this isn't, his moment. Sometimes he intervenes, but sometimes he doesn't. I don't know why. If I was God, I would intervene more. I just know he hasn't had his final say yet, but someday he will. And until then, guess who's in, involved? You and me. Guess who can make a difference? You and me. We are empowered to, first of all, proclaim the love of God makes so many things possible. I was pretty overwhelmed in our visit to India. I'd been invited to India. David Grant, David and Beth the founders of Project Rescue, we've known for, good grief, 30-some years. He actually did our marriage ceremony when we were all kids. And uh, 
It was just crazy. But he's a lot older than I am, by the way, when you meet him. Just remember that. But, but I, I went to India kind of screaming and saying, I don't want to go. And there's nail marks all the way to Denver Airport. And you're saying, I just don't want to do this. I knew it would be awful. When we uh, saw the red light district, it caused me to lose hope. And I, you guys, I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm very, I'm a positive person. I, I keep a, an attitude that says we can, let's do it, let's believe God. But it was so overwhelming and so big. And I remember this one moment, and I'm sorry, this is a little bit kind of PG. I hope that's okay, because it's kind of, this is, this is dark. But, but I remember we were driving through the red light district. They, they would not let me out of the car. They said, big white American you know, there's mafia everywhere here protecting this. There's just no way you're, you're going to be so obvious. And because uh, the culture is very small compared to a 6'4 guy like me. And you'll stand out. And, and so they said, just stay in the car. We'll just drive slow. And we'll pray. And we'll drive through this wall. Little did I realize, you guys, it was in those moments that all of a sudden, I'm, I'm seeing these brothels like the pictures you saw. But I'm looking into the eyes from, from here to this front row in the car of these little girls. They're, they're this tall. They're this tall. And, and some of them, I mean, they're kids. And I was just, I mean, this sounds crazy. I hope I'm not giving you too much detail, but I'm even thinking physically, how does this even work? How is this even possible? I mean, it was that kind of a twisted mindset of what is going on here? How can, how can people do this? And you think, and it's filthy. It smells horrible. And, and, you know, uh, TV in Vegas, they glamorize this and the lights and the beautiful outfits and all that. It's just, it has nothing to do. It's just this complete opposite thing. And it's, this is where men go when they're walking home from work and pay two or three bucks and do what they want to do and go home. And, you, and these girls are used 15 to 20 times a day. And you're, you're just in this car and I just found myself going, what, how? I, finally, I just, <laughs> I, I started crying. And it was passion. I was, I was, it was rage, to be honest with you. I said, stop the car. <laughs> Our driver's son gave us a great guy. He, in his Indian accent, you know, he's like, because I said, I'm getting out of the car. Because we had just heard, he had told us that at the top of these brothels, they keep the littlest girls, the daughters of the prostitutes, and they actually put them in these cages. I'm sorry if that's like too much for you, because it was for me. And just for a time till they, till they won't run away, otherwise they'll run away. And they just lock them down. And there's nothing that they can do. And they, it breaks their will is what happens. And then they won't leave. And when, when I, we were being told this, and, and I, just, I just said, in this brothel, right here? This is happening right here? And he said, yes, you know, settle down. <laughs> I'm like, I can't settle down. Stop the car. I'm getting out of there. We're going in. John Wayne's here and guns are blazing. We're taking these little girls out of here. Amen? Let's go. Come on. Let's go. I mean, I'm like, I'm just so ready to act. And then they stopped me and they said, there's mafia everywhere. You will be cut up. You walk in that building, you will be cut up into little pieces and no, there will be never a trace found of you. I said, well, I'll get one of them out on my way. They wouldn't let me out. They locked the doors. <laughs> my wife is saying, please. <laughs> I was so moved by this. And I'm telling you that because sometimes anger and rage catapults us into a place of action we need to be. I, I can see, I, I had this moment of understanding why Jesus made this whip and he goes down to the money changers and he's like, this is not okay. 
And, and I can't sit by as a happy American in my great nice house with my great job and say, oh, this is fine. It isn't fine. And you know that. That's why you're already invested. Who am I preaching to? You guys are a huge missions uh, church. But, but I want today, and Bonnie and I want, and your pastors and leadership want you to know, we can make a difference, and we are. And all things are possible. And so we start seeing God help us to win. Because when you don't believe you can win, terrible things happen. You realize this? I read an article about tug-of-war uh, years ago, and they put two teams that could pull within to one pound of each other, big, strong, burly guys, and, and uh, they did 10 tug-of-wars. How many of you ever played tug-of-war? It's kind of fun. I'm, we're going to try it today. So could you bring the rope out, and we're going to ask, could, no, I'm kidding. I'm, we're not going to do that. be fun, though. Um, and and they, they had, it was like six to four, but here's what they found. Different teams won based on this. The, the team that got the jump they said that when, when you sense you are winning, you pull harder. That was the takeaway line. People pull harder when they sense they're winning. And, and I think there's something that the church needs to hear about this sex trafficking that when, when you see that foundation, when you see the faces of these little girls who have come right out of those brothels, when you see that these homes of hope are real, it's really happening, it's not just a wannabe it's, it's believing and knowing and seeing the changed lives in these little girls. Suddenly I'm going, I can pull harder. <laughs> There's more in me. The adrenaline hits and you're pumped up and you say, I'm going to trust God for things I never could have. See, living overwhelmed is not the answer. And, and as ugly as it is and terrible as it is, and it takes a while to get your head around this, living overwhelmed is not the answer. Number two, we are, are made, in your outline there, we are made complete only through, through Christ. Now, this is something that I'm still learning. We're all learning it. I want to live in Christ. I want to be in Him. This passage goes on to say this in verse 19. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. In other words, you know, in the human DNA side, there's no way you can comprehend this kind of love of God. Then, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of what? Of life and power that comes from God. There are so many wonderful agencies that do a great job. Timberline partners with many agencies, faith and non-faith based organizations. Because we believe that just from a, a social viewpoint, there are many agencies that can make a difference. Do you believe that? Some of you who work for agencies like that, God bless you. You're a voice and hand of God in times when maybe you can't proclaim your faith. But, but I know this, and we saw this firsthand. The depth of the healing that must take place in these little girls and boys comes from the Spirit of God, our Creator. As He created us, He is the one who brings completion into these little girls' lives. Um, we went into, one of the pictures you saw there was of, of these little kids, and we went to this place where they... Uh, it's a shelter for the daughters of the prostitutes. Many of them had already been used and abused, but at least there was a place of escape. And when we got there, there were probably, I don't know how many, were 15 girls in there, maybe more. Um, and they, again, they, they were so sweet. And they're, you know, they're little girls, five, six, seven years old. And they're coming up to me and, and they, they just were so loving and so kind. And, and the first thing they wanted to do, they started taking, each of them would try to take one finger and hold on to it on both hands. 
and they were each trying to get a finger to hold on to, and, and they would say, come here, come here, come here, and, and I was like, is it okay to go with them, and, and we started wandering through this little apartment, and we walk into this room where there's bunk beds, I mean, just boom, 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 shelves, like 12 bunk beds, and and all of them, one at a time, they were so patient with each other. It was just like they just allowed the moment. They would walk me over, and the little girl would let go of my hand, and she would go over to her bed, and she would pat her bed, and she would say, this is my bed. Nobody else sleeps in this bed, just me. Because all her life, all she knew was the space under her mother's bed, and it was shared by many. And it was the first time in their life that they had their own space and their own bed. And it had their name written in it, in this little headboard, and it had their little backpack of stuff. And then the next one would pull me to the next bed, and she would say, this is my bed. My name is. And I'm telling you, I'm emotional still to this day about it because I just couldn't believe what I was feeling, what I was seeing. It was so overwhelming. And this is when I saw it. This is when I saw that the Spirit of God was bringing to completion that which was broken and ruined and just cast away. And only the presence and the Spirit of God can do that in our lives. That's why God says, my love changes you to the core of who you are. Nothing else can do that to that degree. Wow, I'm so thankful that I have that in my life. The final thing, Number three in your outline is this. We can, we can do more than dream. We can do more than dream. And when I, when I think about the, the dream that, that I have and that you have and that we have, and to partner with you is a, is a pretty big deal because if you've ever been around um, someone who's a dreamer, it's kind of fun. But if they never follow through and get it done, it's really frustrating That's why it means so much for me to bring Bonnie and for us to be invited here this weekend to come and see your dream because you guys are doers. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another to say, I will sacrifice to make this happen because dreams require sacrifice. I don't have to tell you that. You already know that. You're sacrificing. People who are great dreamers are also willing to pay a price to see the dream come true. But I am happy to be able to stand before you today and to be able to say we can do more than dream about this. Look at verse 20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to, I love this word, accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I don't want to just be someone who talks about a dream. I want to be someone who is not afraid to do the dream. And when I saw, we've been in this three years in the making for this little, what you see is a picture of a foundation, is so much sweat, blood, and tears, I cannot even begin to tell you all the hoops and the hassles of buying land and going through the family and everyone who has to sign off on it and the bribes that we refuse to pay and Project Rescue is going to do it right and well and legal and all of that. How many of you understand some of what I just said? You've traveled internationally. You get Okay. When I saw that groundbreaking, I was like, we are on our way. and Those little girls are going to have a place they live. 
and they learn when Bonnie uses purses and, and, and wears stuff made by these little girls. The other day I saw a lady with 20 cards. She said, she said I bought all these cards, um, and it was the cards that these girls make. We stood over their shoulders while they're cutting out every little piece of paper on these cards. I think, Karen, you have cards here too, don't you, on the table? I think there's some cards out there. But every little thing they personally have made. And it's real. We've been there. It's not like a manufacturing where they make them and some girl signs them. This, they're making them. And, and, and when we open the boxes at Timberline and it's come from India, the product, and you smell it, and all of a sudden it's there and you go, wow, this is real. And, and we're making a difference with, with these kids. I just say, thank you, God. I want to just close with this thing. I don't know time-wise. I, I, what's the timeline we're looking at? We have 15 minutes? I'm not going to need all that, so it's, you're going to have to hear Stan preach. You, you get to. I, I just want to say, there, there are a couple kinds of people in the world. Now, there's more than that, but, but I want to make this statement. When it comes to attitude, which person are you? When you walk into a room, and I love this, this idea, does your attitude say, here I am? Or does your attitude say, there you are? Because that is a powerful difference. You know people who when they walk in, they say, here I am. And it's all about them. You also know people who when they walk in, they say, there you are. Can I just say, here I am people build here we are churches. But there you are people build there you are churches. And I want to gladly tell you, this church is a there you are church. You see the needs of education. You see the needs of family dynamic. You see the needs of singles. You see the needs of care. You see the needs around the world. You see the needs in countries. Why would you support 60 plus missionaries in this church? Because you are a there you are church. And, and you live and you have decided and you have made a commitment to be a people group that doesn't just say, here we are. It's all about us because it isn't. It's about this world we live in. And we are called to pull our hearts, our minds, our resources together and to say, because we're here, Something's changing on the other side of the world. Because we have a job, something's different over there because we will make a difference with the influence that God has put in our lives. And you guys are. And I want to pray that over you. I thank you for being that. And I just want to say what we're doing and what this offering is all about. And we don't control the offering at all. This isn't something for us. It doesn't, it's not a penny. It's a project that's approved in, in Kolkata. It goes to this home of hope that you saw specifically in Kolkata, helping these little girls that we have personally seen. I told Bonnie, and Bonnie has said to me, and we've said to David and Beth and people involved in this, I want a place that we can say to people who help us build this home of hope, there's a physical address that you can go to. Should any of you get to India, I would want to be able to hand you a card with an address and say, go here. This is where the home of hope is that you built. Because that meant something to me. 
And I just didn't want it to be spread out all over. Well, it's generally making a difference. No, we said we want there to be a place that we can say this facility facilitates little girls who make things, who are learning vocations, who are getting out of this uh, horrible situation in their life. And that's what you're helping us do today. So I just can't thank you enough. I hope that the Holy Spirit moves you like he has me and I know he has today. And I'm sorry if it's too graphic. I have stories that are a lot worse than the ones I've told you. So just say thank you for not telling them. Go ahead. Say thank you.